Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the B Nix Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Nix. Uh, today, we wanted to do a little emergency podcast. Well, technically not emergency because I was supposed to do one earlier this week. But because I've been so busy and we've had some difficulties, uh, we've had to delay this. Um, but we're here now. And today is Friday. It is beautiful. It is sunny outside. I hope everybody's enjoying the weather. And I wanted to bring on my man, Brandon Robinson. What is going on? Nothing but the rent and the weather. What's going on with you, my brother? Thank you for having me on. Oh, of course. Same here, same here, man. Last night, I had a ball. I was at the bar. I was watching the game. Um, I was having a lot of fun up to the fourth quarter when the, the Warriors started to pull away. Um, I know every, I know everybody had their predictions. Um, let's just get to yours. What, what was yours? I mean, I know we passed game one. Sorry for those who are listening and like, why are you doing this now? And I'm like, well, this is the best time I had to do it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, what was your prediction uh, before game one for the series? Uh, my prediction, and it's still uh, my prediction, I'm not changing it, is uh, Cavs winning it in six games, and you can check out all of my coverage. Uh, I'm the managing editor and columnist at oh. Respect Magazine. Sorry, I didn't, um, even, I didn't even get to, like, what do you do, who you are. Yeah, give, give the people the whole spiel of, you know, what you do, you know, where you do it at. Um, managing editor and columnist at Respect Magazine. Um I I appeared uh, on CNN uh, last week, uh, kind of breaking down um, the Warriors and the Cavs a little bit, and then also was on a uh, CBS uh, Radio Network's um, late uh, evening show with uh, Amy Lawrence, uh, breaking it down as well. So you can ch- check out all that coverage and stuff uh, at ScoopyRadio.com as well as Respect Magazine. And but I still have the Cavs in six games. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, well, I think that. The Cavaliers uh, are still coming off of a grueling series with the with the Boston Celtics, um, where I think some of their weaknesses were kind of exposed. I think um, when you look at 
that one game where LeBron was a little rusty. You saw an emergence of Kyrie Irving just staying consistent and holding the rock steady. But in addition to that, you did see guys like Tristan Thompson and um, uh, Kevin Love hold their weight. And, I, and I've said this on other shows that I've appeared on that um, in order for the Cavaliers to be consistent, um, they have to have a third wheel um, that is kind of holding that cog in place. Uh, LeBron can, can only do but so much. Um, one of the things that I was that was probably encouraging for the Cavaliers in Game One was the fact that um, you saw certain uh, guys off the bench being consistent or at least uh, holding their weight. You, you saw guys like Iman Shepard hitting big shots. Sometimes I cringe when I watch Iman Shepard shooting the ball. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, you you look at um, guys like uh, Kevin Love um, who can do a little more. You got guys like Richard Jefferson who didn't retire, who um, is a defensive stopper. LeBron can't defend all five positions by themselves. But the thing that was kind of disheartening in game one uh, for the Cavs was, you know, Zaza Pachulia getting key shots, you know, um, Kevin Durant and uh, Dream, oh, excuse me, and and uh, Javel McGee kind of found the cohesive uh, sticking uh, on the floor. Um, I think Kevin Durant had about five assists in either the first half or the first quarter. I can't remember off the top of my head. Haven't had my afternoon coffee, but mm-hmm. um, to, but to directly answer your question about the Cavaliers, in order for them to to be consistent and to, to win another championship, um, it's going to have to come down to defense. Um, and I said that going into the series, Darren Williams. Um, a guy who appeared in two conference finals before Chris Paul, as they were joking on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I saw night. that last night. I was dying. Uh, um, I think um, he wasn't the Darren Williams that I saw um, in the Boston series. You know, you, you need more more minutes out of him. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I, I want to see more Derek Williams in the NBA finals. Mm. Um, we saw him in garbage minutes. Uh, and that can't happen. You know, he, he was playing well earlier in the season and kind of was just ghost. I want to see more Derek Williams. Um, I want to see Derek Williams be effective for the Cavs the same way that Andre Iguodala was effective for the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. Hmm, that's a good point. Um, I, I agree with you uh, for the prediction because uh, I picked Cavs in seven. My whole reasoning for that. I just feel that the Warriors' front line is a little weak. I'm not a fan of Jaja Pachulia. I mean, if he's going to go four for five, you know what I mean, and just have a, hit shots like that, um, yeah, that's going to be a problem. They're going to have to fix that. Um, but I'm not a fan of Jaja Pachulia. I'm not really crazy about JaVale McGee. I think with Tristan Thompson rebounding and dominating on the inside and with LeBron being a big body, and he can grab some rebounds too, I, I feel like they have the advantage down in the paint. And also, I'm not really crazy about the Warriors bench. I mean, they play pretty good, I I guess you would say. I mean, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry took most of the points. But I don't know if, you know, outside of Iguodala and Livingston, I mean, they didn't really play great. But outside of those two, like, I don't know if can Matt Barnes save you (laughs) if you need points? Can David West save you if you need points? Ian Clark? It's funny, last night I'm watching the game, and my friend didn't even realize that it was Ian Clark playing there. <laughs> you know what you I mean? Know like, I, I, I'm, it, 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 oh, go ahead. No, gentlemen, first. I'm sorry. No, I was no, I was pretty much done. But yeah, like, you know, is Ian Clark going to save you getting points off the bench? I don't know. So I just feel that Le- I think you know, yeah, LeBron didn't have. I mean, he had a pretty good game, but eight turnovers is, doesn't help. Um, no. 
But uh, I really feel like as the series goes along, I think he's going to dominate even more and, and be a little bit more efficient as well. I see the series going to a similar pace the way last year went. And when I say pace, meaning like, yeah, you're going to get games like last night where, you know, when it hits the fourth quarter, one or the other team is going to pull away with the lead. As the series goes further along, the games will get tighter. Um, and I feel like LeBron will have a phenomenal series. I feel like the combination of LeBron and Kyrie, because um, Kyrie's fearless. He's not scared of Steph Curry. He's not scared of any of those dudes. Um, I think the combination of both of them will, will do just fine. And I think Kevin Love will have his moments as well. A couple of things. Number one, uh, LeBron James has appeared in seven straight uh, NBA Finals. The last time he didn't appear in the NBA Finals was 2010 when he was a member of the Cavaliers and they lost to the Boston Celtics, who would eventually go to the NBA Finals and play the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers would win that series uh, in the Finals. But um, I bring that up to say this. LeBron James appearing in the NBA Finals um, five straight years, he has lost game one. Mm. Um, I look at last year, and the Cavaliers lost games one and two by a combined 48 points. And losing game one is not indicative of winning four games. I think that a lot of times oh, yeah. people get um, – Larry or, or or just want they'd love to hate LeBron um, just because and I mean when you have that huge target on your back it comes with the territory um, the last time LeBron James lost or oh, the Cavaliers lost a game um, they came back and, and had a resounding uh, couple of wins and punctuated that with a, a Eastern Conference championship winning in the, there in the NBA Finals now I think when you look at this series, it's a lot of just feeling out. I think the Cavaliers came in with a with an early momentum and somewhere dropped it. I think it was when Kevin Durant started to really put his his mark on that game. Um, he didn't just put his sneakers on; he put his he put his footprint into the game. And um, I think that the Cavaliers will not go in there like that. The funny thing is, if you look at that game one. The, the Warriors were playing like the Cavs, and the Cavs were playing by like the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Cavs were taking a the, the defense that the Warriors were giving them um, was just so uh, daunting to me because LeBron kind of fell in love with that jump shot. It kind of reminds me of Al Harrington. Al Harrington can drive to the basket and get the the dunks he wants, and you know. But when you give him that shot he'll take it and miss it and kind of fall in love with it. And it seemed like the Warriors' plan was just let LeBron shoot and heavily guard everybody else. And if you can just let LeBron shoot, but everybody else doesn't fall in the line, so be it. You know, Kyle Korver was missing certain shots. Um, J.R. Smith looked horrible to me on the floor. Tell me about um, it. <laughs> both, both offensively and defensively. There was a series where um, I think it was Kevin Durant who had the ball, and it was like he didn't play any defense, and he just he let him go to the basket. Kevin Love <laughs> he just said, nope, I don't want no parts of that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to be posterized. But, you know, even with, with, with uh, Kevin oh, – excuse me, with, uh, with uh, Kevin Love, Kevin Love, you know, drew that charge early in the game. I was impressed with that. Um, you know, it just seemed like J.R. Was, was, was out of rhythm, and they just were bad. Um, bad, awfully bad. And I think that, you know, Sunday will be a new game to do what they need to do. I, I think the Cavs will take one um, in, in Golden State, and, and you go into Cleveland with a clean slate. Uh, Quicken Loans Arena is one of the most comfortable arenas to me in. Um, 
both on the court and and, and as a fan and, and that support that they have in Cleveland. Um, you got two teams on a lake. <laughs> they get Lake Love and Lake Merritt. They get Lake Love and you know Cuyahoga County and Cleveland. So you know it'll be interesting to see. Mm. Um, you talked about Kevin Durant. I wanted to ask you this because Kevin Durant, you know, as we all know, he's caught a lot of flack for joining this team. You know, he's soft. He's weak. He doesn't want to win. He's not competitive. Well, not that he doesn't want to win, but he's not competitive. You know, he's making the league weak. You know, if win or lose, what does this final do for his career? Because I feel like he's kind of at like a, a no-win situation. Because if he wins, then people are going to say, oh, you, 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 you played, you're weak. You played on this team that you had so much help. You didn't really have to do much. It was easy for you. But then if he loses, he's going to get shamed. Like, yeah, you went on, you joined the super team, and you still lost to the best player in the, in the league. Like, you know, what does this do for him? Well, I think when you look at that situation, um, it's no different than what LeBron did. The only difference is when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami, his next star player was Mo Williams. You know, um, and I think that LeBron was in a situation where, to paraphrase Jay-Z's song cry, he was just hollering at them girls. He was going to get right back. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I, I don't think that Durant has any intentions on going back to OKC. I've always said that Westbrook and Durant would do better apart than together. Um, I think that in the situation with Durant, he was following LeBron's lead. And where did LeBron get that blueprint from? Kurt Flood, the guy who challenged baseball free agency. Um, nobody's going to be happy with someone who, who decides to choose and create their own destiny. LeBron was blessed because, you know, he picked Wade and Bosch, you know, to, 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 to do that with. But, you know, Bosch, or excuse me, LeBron and Wade almost went to Chicago and up with Derrick Rose. And, you know, who knows how many championships they would have won and whether Derrick Rose would have succumbed to the injuries that he has now. But to, to, to remain on topic, um, if you can't beat them, join them. Why are you mad at Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant moving to the Golden State Warriors, in my mind, on a blue-collar level is no different than Vince Carter leaving Toronto and playing for the then-New Jersey Nets along with Richard Jefferson and Jason Kidd. Wait, didn't he I get traded to New Jersey, if I remember correctly? What you say? Didn't he get traded to New Jersey? Vince Carter? Yeah, but he wanted out. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, yes. I'm saying the magnitude, as in... He got backlash from Toronto because he wanted to leave. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. So, so in that aspect, yeah, he was traded to the Nets. But I'm saying, as far as magnitude and where he's not the focal guy, some guys don't like to be that guy. No, some people right don't about like that. to be the face of that franchise. Yeah, man. So I, I look at that situation with the rent, where, you know, you want to be like-minded people. It's no different than you know. You leave a certain neighborhood because certain people are holding you down or not holding you down and they're pushing you down, and then you you find people who are either like-minded or maybe even doing better than you. Birds of a feather flock together. Nah, yeah, you're definitely right about that because I do feel like uh, his decision, it's no different than anybody who works at a place and may be unhappy or maybe they feel like they could have done better at a rival company. You know, like I, I... I don't feel like it's any different than, you know, what the average person does in, in their uh, work career. Simply put, 
I chatted with Terrell Owens um, shortly after the trade last year, and I asked him what he thought about it, and he said it was a business decision. It's no different than in the NFL where, you know, he, he used this example. He said players are getting as smart as owners, as GMs, as coaches. Nobody gets, he said, nobody gets upset when an owner or a GM cuts somebody and sends them or trades them to a team that's not desirable, they go in their merry way. But why are you mad when a player does it? It's mm. no different. Mm. That's a good point. Although, yeah, it depends on the player, I would say, because um, there's some players that fans are just so attached to. But, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right for the most part, though. I, I definitely agree with that. And it's funny you brought up the other point about what he did being no different than what LeBron did because I actually argued with somebody about that last night. And it was funny because every time you argue to somebody who tries to defend what LeBron did but goes against what Kevin Durant did, it's always, well, he went to a team that won 73 games and they were up 3-1 and, you know, they were bat- him and Russell Westbrook were battling together. And I'm like, look, you know, number one, him and Russell Westbrook, yeah, they were teammates and they got along to some degree. But just looking at it from afar, I never thought that those two were really that close. Second of all, that franchise could never replace James Harden. You know, they tried to do all these quick mm-hmm. fixes and bringing in, uh, I don't know, a Derek Fisher or Deion Waiters. You know, the, the, the list is endless, and they could never replace James Harden. I always thought that that trade was stupid in the first place. Scotty well, Brooks. Kinda, oh, go ahead. No, it kind of goes back to the, the Nets analogy that I made with Vince Carter. The Nets were never the same when they traded Kenyon Martin. Yeah. No, you, you're right. You're definitely right. I say that, and I, the Scotty Brooks, I never thought he was the best coach for them. I always felt like he had some deficiencies in coaching games in the fourth quarter um, and mm-hmm. just dealing with those two, Russell Westbrook and Durant. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you live in a place like Oklahoma City for eight years, I mean, my goodness, he's a young man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure he got tired of being there and wanted to be somewhere else, something a little more lively, like Oakland. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... You know, yeah, at the time when LeBron left and went to go play uh, for Miami, yeah, I was one of those people that was upset about, you know, him going there for competitive reasons and everything. But as I got older, I had to realize, you know what? That man made the best decision for himself, and I can't knock him for wanting to go over there and wanting to play with better teammates and just have a better life. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that, and if I was in his position, I might have did the same thing. You know, like I, I didn't, I wasn't happy about the way it was done, but overall, I'm like, I can't knock him for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's switch over to LeBron. You know, the talk has been crazy about him being compared to Michael Jordan, and is he better than Jordan? I don't know. It's just crazy with the with the debates and everything. But do you feel like this? If he wins this finals, is he better than Jordan? I mean, I don't know where where do you stand on the whole Jordan LeBron thing. I feel like LeBron is LeBron and Michael is Michael. I think when you look at Michael Jordan and you look at LeBron James, I I used this analogy earlier about Kevin Durant. They didn't just put their sneakers on. They left their footprint on the basketball culture. Um, And I think that when you look at – I take it a step back. Um, When I look at 1979, I read a book about how Larry Bird and Magic Johnson saved the league in 79. And – you know they did a good job in doing that, and left a good left a good uh, gauntlet for you know David Stern to come in and, and enjoy the fruits of the labors of guys like Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, et cetera, et cetera. 
and the NBA enjoyed the golden era of the 90s. Um, and then when Michael retired and came back, you had guys that were kind of fillers. You had, you know, Allen Iverson who embraced uh, hip-hop. But if you look at Michael Jordan, there was a point where Michael Jordan was the, outli- the outlier there because he wore long shorts and sneakers that didn't, um, you know, fit the color scheme of, of the NBA specification. So he was, he was a bad boy in his own right. But in between Magic and, and, and Bird, you know, you had Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, was in my mind, and I told him this a couple of days ago, he's, he's one of the most um, brilliant basketball minds I've ever met. But to, to not bore you, um, I look at uh, the NBA as Magic and Bird gave the baton to Michael. In between that was Matt, it was Isaiah. You had Iverson, but and you had Kobe. Ultimately, Michael passed the baton on to Duncan. And I feel like after Duncan, here comes a guy named LeBron James, who is a balance, who's a balance between, you know, being an ambassador of the league, uh, with those guys like those guys I mentioned, but a guy that is is his own entity. Michael is the reason why Kobe and LeBron have major sneaker deals. And if it wasn't for Michael, these guys wouldn't have it. We're not. Listen, if it wasn't for Air Jordan, everybody would be wearing the Converse Weapon sneakers. Or some Adidas, and right? <laughs> those two. You know, Michael almost wore Converse. And it was a guy named Sonny Vaccaro who, you know, got Michael to sign with, with, with um, a Nike and, and the rest is history. But Oh, by the way, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but if anybody hasn't seen that 30 for 30 with Sonny Vaccaro in it, please watch that. Was it Soul of a Man, if I'm correct? That's the name of it? Mm-hmm. Sonny yes. is, um, is very, my guy. Sonny is very insightful. Um, I, I hosted a show on CBS Radio uh, last year, and... Uh, he talked about um, how he thought that uh, George Raveling was delusional um, and, and Michael was delusional and it, got, it went viral and stuff like that. But Sonny is a guy that you that tells it like it is. I, I'll never forget Sonny saying this to me um, back in, when I was in grad school. Uh, he said to me in 2010, he said, don't be surprised if certain guys um, are no longer loyal to just one team, and this was right before LeBron um, signed that, you know, went to, to the Miami Heat. He said, "Those guys, that gen- that generation, grew up watching uh, Barkley, watching Malone, watching Stockton, watching Ewing, and they're not going to succumb to those loyalties." He said, "Kevin Garnett just made it." And, um, you know, lo and behold, you're seeing all these guys, you know, not being loyal to one team, you know. And, and then Chris Brown made a song shortly after, these 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 bros ain't loyal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I, I think that – I think LeBron James is his own entity. I think um, I think playing style, he's more magic and Oscar Robertson than he is Michael. Mm-hmm. I think that because you're a trendsetter, you get compared to – who is what? People weren't comparing Michael to Bill Russell. Bill Russell still has more rings than Michael, but I think it's the way that Michael carried it. Like, if you will, Michael was like Brett the Hitman Hart. He was the excellence of execution, mm-hmm. and he is the best he there is, the best there was, or the best there ever will be. But at some point, you got to let the next generation come in and do their own thing. You know, it's almost like Michael's his little is the big brother, LeBron is little brother. Like you can't compare brothers to brothers. Let them be great on their own. So, do you think that if the Cavs win this finals, do you think he's a little closer to MJ, or do you think it's just it's, it remains the same? 
I think it's I think it's the hot take culture that we're in where people have to put things into groups. Yeah. I, I don't look at it like that. And that's to annoying. To me, that's just that's like very annoying. What you say? No, I said that's that's so annoying. Just because we have this 24-hour coverage, so we got to fill in yeah. space, so you got to have these discussions and got to have people with these hot takes. It's annoying. It's, I, I, don't, I don't really care about hot takes. If I want something hot, I put it in the microwave. I don't care about <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I just feel like watch the game. So I, 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 I kind of err on the side of caution. I, I don't, I don't really feel like. I feel like sometimes you miss people's greatness because you're constantly trying to put it in a box. Yeah. And I, and I think that you know, I, I having started my career as a 12 year old with an NBA team, you know, I was around Michael. I was in the locker room with Michael as a kid. I was, I was around uh, that NBA culture then. And when I was a kid. I kind of just, as uh, I don't know if it was just instincts or what, but I sat back and just enjoyed watching Michael play. And I find myself doing the same thing, you know, covering Kobe or, or when I was covering Kobe or covering LeBron. I think sometimes we're just so spoiled with greatness, we don't have a chance to sit and digest it. Mm-hmm. I think rather than putting, rather than putting LeBron in this Michael comparison, just enjoy it. Oh, okay. So for you, it just remains the same, it, whether he wins or not. It, it doesn't matter for you. I think when we look back ten years from now, we're going to look back and say, "Damn, why didn't I enjoy watching LeBron more than than I did? Why did I have to put him in a box?" I think that when you, I feel like you shouldn't make those comparisons until after somebody plays. Thank you, retire. thank you, thank you, and thank you, because that's what I've been trying to say for the longest. Because I want full body work. I want to see how the rest of his career plays out. Thank you for bringing that up. See, this is what what we like to do. We like to bring on smart people for this show. (laughs) Well, thank you. And and, and I'll add this. Nobody was giving Michael that that treatment. Nobody was comparing Michael to Magic like that. Nobody was comparing Michael to Bird like that. I also just think the 90s were a time of this innovation where we're trying to replicate that, that which we saw. You know, it's almost like guys that come into the NBA now, they have it easier because they're known through the Internet and through AAU. Yeah, we we know who Levar Ball is and 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 his son and and Lonzo Ball and 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 Mellow Ball because we have Instagram one minute videos and we have you know first take and 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 all these other platforms for people to hear what they say. You know, Michael was flourishing at a time. You know, it took the next day for the newspaper to come out to know everything that happened, or you were watching, you know, the Prudential halftime report on on NBC Four. Mm. You know, it's a different. It's a different. Uh, it's a. It was a different era. I feel like people just are, are, are bored with life, where they have to put things into a box. To me, that's just like putting Alicia Keys in a box. Is she a singer? Is she a rapper? Is she a soul singer? Is she? She's just Is she Alicia neo Keys. soul. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you have to let people be who they are, and you know, as much as as much as you know, LeBron James um, has a quote unquote. Uh, game, a, a perimeter game, or, or or swingman game like Michael, there there are elements of his game that are very Scottie Pippen. There are very uh, there are, there are elements of his game that are like Charles Barkley. I don't know anybody in the NBA who um, who is a threat from 15 to 16 feet behind the basket than than LeBron. It reminds me of of Charles Barkley's Phoenix Suns days where he played with his back to the basket. Yeah, you know. It, 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 there are parts of his game that are very Oscar Robertson-like, the way he's able, his court vision for his size. You know, 
There are times defensively where he plays the passing lanes like Allen Iverson. There are times where, you know, he can score in bunches like Tracy McGrady did against the Detroit Pistons and I believe the 0-2 or the 0-3 playoffs. There are many facets to his game, and I think that to, to, to just put him in a box as Michael or Buss, it's not fair to him. No, most definitely. I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, last question, because we got to wrap this up. The other star of last night was Rihanna, and as I've seen on social media, you've had a chance to sit next to her during a basketball game. So tell us, yes. what is it like? to sit next to Rihanna during a basketball game because she was very lively last night, giving fans uh, so, you know, some action, you know, talking to them and blowing kisses to LeBron. You know, what's it like sitting next to Rihanna during a basketball game? Rhea's cool, I'm going to tell you. Um, I sat next to her at a at course out of a basketball game a few years ago, 2014, uh, the Rock Nation Celebrity Basketball Game. Um, Rhea is one of the most sociable people that you'll ever meet. That's a star. You forget that she is who she is. Very humble, very outspoken, um, and and actually knows the game of basketball. You can sit and have a conversation with her about it, and um, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, Sweethearts doesn't forget a face. Um, but the thing about it is, she talks just like fans. You know, she says four little words like everybody else. She's you know she's yelling, get it, you know, switch on me, do this, do that, like. <laughs> Rihanna knows the game of basketball. That's one thing I, I can I can firmly say about her. She knows she knows the game of basketball, and she uh, I, I think there's so many parallels to the entertainment side. You know, being music or dancing, and you know the, the the sports side of it. There is a there is a timing. There is a knowledge. There is a just you know using instincts to get things done, and, and it's and it's um entertaining a crowd. There are so many parallels, and and she gets it. Interesting. I got to sit next to her during the game. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Brandon Robinson. I appreciate it. Um, Tell the people where they can find you again. Well, make sure that you uh, subscribe uh, to my podcast, um, Scoop B Radio. Um, You can visit ScoopBRadio.com. We've had anybody from Terrell Owens to Allen Iverson to Wyclef Jean uh, to Pete Sampras, uh, Adrian Broner, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, the TuneIn and Stitcher app. Uh, it's been featured everywhere. We also had two short uh, on the show. It's been featured everywhere from ESPN to New York uh, New York Post to Bleacher Report to Billboard Magazine. And uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. And Brandon, thank you so much for having me on your show. I, I genuinely appreciate you. I knew you were cool because your name is Brandon. Of course, man. You know us Brandon's got to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Scoop B. I appreciate it, man. That is it for the B Knicks podcast. Oh, you want to say something? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, my pleasure. Thank you, B Knicks. Of course, of course. Ah, ah, see, see? Got it right there. You're the first person to call me B Knicks on on the show. Appreciate you. Um, Thank you to everybody listening to the B Knicks podcast. This is probably the last episode for a while because your boy is busy. Going to be doing a lot of stuff, so I don't know when I'm going to do this again. Thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, my man, Chad. Chad, appreciate you. Love you. Thanks again, School B. Um, yeah, enjoy the finals. And I don't know when, when we will be back, but hopefully we'll be back soon. Enjoy the weather, people. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. Peace. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 